Get ready. Get set. McDonald. Ah, the pitter-patter of little feet as they hurry towards our famous McDonald's hamburgers is music to our ears. We are now about to put that same enthusiasm into larger feet. Now, for fathers who like hamburgers, announcing children, new from McDonald's, and on the side, McDonald's special barbecue sauce. Delicious children. We put all the dark meat in a silver foil package and all the light in a gold foil package so everyone can have just what they want. New from McDonald's, children. Now, more than ever. What's up, folks? Welcome back. <clears throat> that was weird. I went to talk. A great way to start the show, bro. <laughs> instantaneously, something was caught in my throat. No guests this week. No interviews. Uh, nothing like that. For the first time in a long time. Since the first time all this year, because since the beginning of the year, we've had guests every episode. Um, <clears throat> and we have yet to do just going back to old school days and doing a ramble cast of any kind. Mm. And... Uh, which we, I want to do anyways. We've got voicemails, which we haven't done in a long time. We've got lots of interesting news that we haven't covered in a long time. Well, interesting <laughs> is the right term for it. Uh, and being that it's Easter, we're going to sort of do an Easter show. Very loosely, <laughs> and sort of. <laughs> say no, and not at all. The only thing about this show that's going to have to do with Easter is the amount of times I say Jesus. <laughs> So, yeah, you've been busy this month doing uh, parental dance dad stuff. So you've been yes. hit or miss about uh, the show. Uh, I've been hit or miss, but I've made it look like I've been here all the time. So it, it's just been – April's been a nutty month for us. Um, yeah, and it's only going to get nuttier because I have comp on the 22nd and the 29th. Yeah, well, the 29th we're not doing a show. I'm, right. We're both taking that week off because we're going to take like one, at least one week in a month off before we start losing our minds. You, however, have more time granted to you <laughs> because of your situation. Mm. But on the 22nd, you're still going to be here and no yep. one's going to, it's not going to be that. No one's going to know the difference. Yeah, no one's going to know the difference anyways. So, uh, but I do want, I want to send something out right up front at the very beginning of the episode. Um, little Amy, who's on our Facebook page, if you're part of our Facebook page, everybody knows who she is. She's kind of our unofficial little sister, which she actually is one of our listeners' sisters. Um, but I wanted to send a real big shout out to her because she had a big major procedure done within the last week. I'm not going to go into the crazy details of it or whatever. But, uh, you know, I've been checking up on her and I think other people have been checking up on her and sending her, you know, get well messages and all that kind of stuff. She appears to be doing pretty well. Um, and she's just this really cool, adorable girl that hangs out in our group and she's a real sweetheart. So I just wanted to send a shout out to her and say, Hey, we're thinking of you. You know, I'm glad you're doing well. I'm glad you're doing back and everything's going to be working out fine for you. Um, that's pretty much it. You know, just, just giving you a shout out and sending happy thoughts and well wishes and all that incredible mumbo jumbo that, you know, people do. If I were a cleric in a video game, I'd be sending healing spells over to you. For whatever it's worth. I'm a horrible friend. I had no idea. Oh, God. I'm such a dork. How did I get laid? Um, I don't know. So, anyways, is there anything you want to toss here before we jump into all this stuff Any, or anything? Or? How'd you get laid? Anything you want to toss? <laughs> Repressed memories. Um, Indeed. <laughs> that's an inside joke. Indeed. <laughs> Holy well, crap. Well, being that it's Easter, I think that it's very important that we kick off this show Um with a real good, feel-good, inspirational story, um, something that will inspire people and, you know, just generally enlighten them and increase the mood of happiness during this Easter season. 
So why don't we start off with, and this is going to be a great one for you to read. Um, I think it would be great, really great, actually, if we start off with 13 gory details about what it's like to be skinned alive. Yeah. Always so, looking for the bright side. This is a little bit of a lengthy one, so why don't you uh, just delve into uh, what it's going to be like if somebody wants to have or should have happened to find themselves in a situation where their skin is being ripped off while they are alive. Mm. And this is long, so sit back and enjoy it. Being skinned alive has got to be one of the most horrifying forms of torture imaginable. It's a bloody, painful, and slow process, and you'll be conscious the entire time. Still, maybe you're morbidly curious about exactly what being skinned alive feels like. Since we don't recommend you try it firsthand, let us take you through the experience step by grueling step right up to the bitter end. Being skinned alive, also known as flaying, is first documented as happening around 800 BC, and it has been used as a form of torture in just about every century since, somewhere on the earth. It was practiced by the ancient Aztecs as well as the ancient people in Greece, China, and on the continent of Africa. Of course, it is also performed in all over medieval Europe. You may be tenderized to make it easier to remove your skin. <laughs> as you might expect, peeling the skin off an entire human being is kind of a difficult task. Given this knowledge, you may find that when someone flays you, you're, you, you're in for a bit of prep work first to make the skin easier. Some cultures like to warm up the skin to, from the muscles and make it more easy to peel off. And there are two common ways of doing that. The first way involves leaving you out in the hot sun all day until, you, until your skin gets red and burns. This tenderizes your skin and it also prolongs your torture. The second method is even worse. They pour already salt on you. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You are dipped alive into boiling water to loosen your skin, but remove before you are boiled alive. This can add blindness, nerve damage, and scorched lungs to your injuries. And this is before anyone has even made a cut. It will start with long cuts. So how does one even go about starting to skin a person? The torture begins with some very specific and calculated cuts. In general, the first skin is peeled off is that of the face. After that, your body is, yeah. has to be scored in various places to allow the skin to remove easily in one piece, or at least in a few pieces, in as few pieces as possible. This involves relief cutting around the arms and wrists, the chest and neck, and sometimes the feet. It puts the lotion on its skin or it gets the hose again. Just wait long enough, it'll be in a basket and you can put the lotion on yourself. These cuts will not be incredibly deep, but they will extend through all the individual layers of skin so as to reach the areas between the skin and the muscle itself. This means you can expect horrifying amounts of pain. It is said that the sharper the knife used, the less painful it will be. So you'd better hope your torturers do regular maintenance on their blades. They should just buy scalpels. Your skin will be removed in large sections. Ah. God, this is so hard to listen to. <laughs> I love it. What is the point? Oh, <clears throat> I'm sorry. What's the point in having a bunch of human skin if you only have a bunch of little pieces? In general, flaying is all about pulling off your skin in large, unbroken sheets so it can be better displayed. If you're wondering how we know this, the answer is pretty grim. Not only do we have historical writings about flaying, 
but we also have physical evidence. In particular, the ancient church of Hasdic in Essex held a legend of a Dane who had committed sacrilege being flayed in punishment. Okay, one second. Could you go back and reread the name of that church, please? (laughs) The Church of Hadstock. Yeah, because you did call it Hasdick. But that's okay. (laughs) Well, apparently they had one of those hanging on the door. Go ahead, continue. It said his skin was spread out and nailed to the door of the church as a sign to others to never mess up as badly as the Dane had. When the door needed repair... It was found to everyone's shock and dismay that there were still pieces of human skin under the doornails, indicating the size of the sheet the skin once held there. Meanwhile, in Worcester, I probably said that wrong, Cathedral, there is a large slab of human skin belonging to another Dane, a Viking who tried to steal the church's bell. (laughs) You'll feel every nerve ending severed. The main question everyone is probably wondering is, how much is this going to hurt? The short answer is that it's going to be the worst pain you've ever experienced. Your nerve endings extend into the deep layers of your skin, enabling you to sense your sense of touch. It's why your fingertips are so sensitive. It also means that your skin getting damaged causes a strong pain response. This response is caused by... Uh, Nociceptors? I guess so. Sensory nerve cells that respond to pain. When you are flayed, your skin is literally ripped off, not cut little by little. This ripping motion means that your nerve endings are not severed cleanly. Instead, they are torn to shreds, one by one, in a long train of agony. You're going to feel your skin being pulled off your muscles, and you're going to feel your nerve endings dying. In other words... You're going to feel all of it. Okay, as you're describing this, the first thing that I go to, immediately the very first thing I go to is Uncle Frank from Hellraiser. Yes. And then I think of beef jerky. Beef jerky. Oh, my God. I do. Long, thin strips. (sighs) You're going to lose so much blood. You're going to lose so much blood, it's going to be huge. (laughs) As you might guess... Having your skin torn off isn't exactly good for your circulatory system either. There are several ways that flaying can end your life. And one of these is blood loss, also called exsanguination. However, this type of death doesn't happen very quickly. Believe it or not, people can actually survive quite a bit of blood loss. You can lose 40% or even more of your blood before you actually die from it. Assuming you're hanging upside down it is often the case you'll see and feel the blood rushing past your face and onto the ground, and it will be coming from all over your body. Not exactly the great thing to see as you feel someone peeling the skin off your entire body. Infection will start to set in right away. (laughs) That's just lovely. Though something else is likely to kill you before this does, infection is a serious problem with flaying. Your skin is a vital organ that protects your body and muscle from foreign invaders like bacteria and viruses. Without it, every part of your exposed body is open to attack. Infections can get into your bloodstream, spread to vital organs, and even make your body septic, given enough time. That's why I was in the hospital all those years ago. (laughs) Assuming you survive long enough, despite the blood loss and pain, the ensuing infection will definitely kill you. So there's a bright side. 
your brain will try to make you feel better. Oh, brain, you always know it's best. As this happens... As this is happening to you, your brain is going to get be getting tons of signals from the rest of your body. Your nervous system is going to pretty much be screaming for help, and your brain only has a few ways it can possibly respond. One way it can react is to shut down parts of your body and shut down the body altogether. And we'll talk about that a little later. <laughs> the other is by trying to make you feel better, even as you're, be as you're beginning to die. When the brain is faced with extreme pain and stress, it begins to release chemicals to counteract these negative feelings. Some of these chemicals are called endorphins. We all remember those, don't we, people? And they help to transmit electrical signals throughout the body. They act similarly to morphine, numbing you and giving you a feeling of happiness. Of course, these feelings probably won't be enough to even slightly counteract the horror and agony of experiencing. <clears throat> but at least your brain is trying. You're going to get very cold. One thing your skin does is to keep your body warm. It's kind of like a meat suit. Sure, it doesn't seem the way, it doesn't, it doesn't say that. Seem, no, it doesn't. <laughs> sure, it's it doesn't seem that way when you first get out of bed on a cold morning, but your skin is actually one of the strongest defenses against the cold. Without it, your blood, muscles, and nerves are exposed to the cold air. And even if it's not freezing outside, that can begin begin to do you in. In fact, one of the causes of death from flaying is actually hypothermia. Luckily, death from hypothermia is actually fairly easy and painless. So that's one much needed reprieve from your torture. You may eventually go completely numb. Although the initial sensation of having your skin ripped off is going to be agonizing, that pain may not last very long. I wonder because how many people have stopped listening to the podcast by this Probably point. Probably none of how them. How many people have made it this far? Great way to open the show. Go you ahead, get I'm a sorry. star. Because <laughs> your skin is literally being torn off of you, you're not going to go be going to be damaging your nerve endings. The fatty layers around them called myelin, we have plenty of that, will actually be destroyed. So they can never grow back. That means that before long, they'll stop feeling altogether. All this assuming that they take off every layer of skin. In some cases of flaying, people only take the outer layer. And in other cases, they even take some of the flesh underneath the skin as well. In other words, you better hope your torturer, your torturers are doing it right or else the pain could last much longer than expected. Are you deliberately reading this slow to, to yes. like enhance the, the bizarre? Oh, do you want me to? <laughs> no, yes. no, go right ahead. Go I right want ahead. people to understand what's happening. <laughs> You're going to go into shock. Let's hope. As it starts to happen, your body, brain, and nerves are all going to start completely freaking out. Electrical impulses are going to be misfiring. Your brain will be trying to handle it without much luck, and you'll probably be more terrified than you've ever been in your life. That's an understatement. If you've been more terrified than this, you've been living your life wrong. <laughs> so as you might expect, you're going to go into shock. Shop, shop, shop. Shock happens when there is not enough blood moving through your body to get oxygen to all your cells. You'll be losing blood, and fear also causes dips in your blood pressure both of which can lead to shock. 
This means that you'll feel dizzy, confused, and like you can't breathe. You may experience cold and hot flashes, and you may feel sick to your stomach. And maybe, just maybe, you may be lucky enough to lose consciousness. One major symptom of going into shock is, lo is loss of consciousness. Your torturers may try to keep you conscious through various means, including hitting you or hanging you upside down. But even then, sometimes the pain and blo blood loss will just get too great. Your brain will realize that it is too much to deal with and, in an act of self-preservation, it will tell the rest of you to simply shut down. Your blood pressure will drop and you'll just stop being awake, a state from which you will probably never recover. It's worth noting that this feigning was actually better common, or oh, pretty common in fleeing. Better common. I know how to read. Oh, I'm sure by the by the end of this show, I'm going to be having my share of mistakes. I'm sure. Pretty common in fleeing victims over the centuries. Some accounts even say that most people who were being skinned alive lost consciousness before they even flayed to the waist. Wow. Given the horrible sensation of being skinned alive, this faint is probably a welcome blessing. You will, without a doubt, die. One question some people raise is whether you could survive being flayed. The answer to that, you unequivocally could not. Although it might not seem like it, your skin is one of your vital organs. It keeps out infection, protects your muscles and blood, and acts as an overall bearer between you and the elements. What's more, you can only regrow so much skin so fast. You're not getting your meat suit back anytime soon. <laughs> and when you are flayed, much more is taken away than your body can possibly replace. As proof of this, look at severe burn victims. There are several layers of skin, but with severe burns, as with flaying, the entire entirety of the skin is just gone. It takes about a month for skin to grow back, even without burns. And you can't survive that long without most of your skin. Because of that, burn victims require skin grafts in order to protect their body. So infections and the elements do not kill them. And even then, their chances of survival are low. You lose more blood with flaying, so it's doubtful you'd survive long in that case. Either. With or without a skin graft. Could you imagine trying to get a skin graft that size? Uh, it could take days for you to die. So exactly how long are you going to stay alive during the during and after being flayed? Unfortunately, this is rarely a quick death. It's true that some people die from shock or blood loss within hours, and many lose consciousness, so they don't have to experience the rest of the pain. But more likely, you'll be awake and aware throughout the entire ordeal, and may last a while afterwards. There are reports of people surviving hours and even several days after being oh skinned alive, presumably in excruciating agony the entire time. In these cases, it is not actually blood loss that proves fatal. If you survive a day of being skinless, infections and hypothermia are going to get you. Your blood may turn septic and you may just be unable to keep yourself warm enough to survive. Either way, you're better off wishing for a quick death from shock or just wishing for literally any method of torture other than flaying. Dun, dun, dun! <sighs> All right. Next time on Happy Go Lucky, we'll cover <laughs> Sabuku. <laughs> Which is probably much faster and more effective than this. I don't know, man. What makes it even worse is as you're reading this, this, this comes from www.ranker.com. 
Um, go on there and look for what being skinned alive feels like if you're curious enough to go follow up on this article. <laughs> there are all of these pictures of art depicting people being flayed alive. Uh-huh. Um, all of them cool. seem to be biblical of one way or another. Um, yeah, they're, they're all just, they're rough. They really are rough. <laughs> well, if you're still with us or if you fast forward through the show, We're going to move on to a much beloved section of our show that we have not done in quite some time. And if you're a new listener, this is a segment called Biblical Jackass. (laughs) Uh, Here we go. First off, I'm going to say right up front that as much as we try to put to vet our our stuff that we put on the show, which actually we really don't, um, I'm going to put the disclaimer up front that probably a lot of the stuff you're going to hear is probably just fake news. You are fake news. Having said that, uh, fake news, sad. (laughs) The next that's going to be coming up is from Buzz South Africa. Um, Buzz South Africa covers all of the weirdness that takes place down in Africa, which we have a listener from down there. His name's Logan, and we haven't heard from you in a while, Logan, if you're still out there. Um, This one starts off with, God sent me to jump on people and feed them snakes. Uh, Hmm. Snake pastor. (laughs) I will try to make it through this. There are unpronounceable words. Um, Oh, they're pronounceable, just not by us. Which means it's probably basic English because I read horribly. Okay. English. Okay, the headline words with that quotation marks were not the exact words of Prophet Pinul Maguni uh, of the End Times Disciplines Ministry. So there's your first clue right there that something you probably shouldn't be involved with these people. But that's what the snake pastor was saying. We initially informed the Cultural, Religious, and Linguistics, otherwise known from the rest of the article as CRL, Rights Commission, have been searching for a snake pastor to get him to explain why he made South Africans eat snakes and rats. Uh, while Prophet Penuel Maguni appeared before the CRL to exonerate himself from the allegations that he grossly went against the Bill of Rights by making his congregation dine on snakes, rats, hares, and other inedible things. Now, hares could mean rabbits, but the way they have it spelt in here, I don't think that's what it means. Uh, I have ate snake myself. I didn't find mm-hmm. it to be all that bad. Rats I have not touched, but I have eaten mm-hmm. muskrat, as we were talking about before mm-hmm. we went on the air. Muskrat, yeah, I could live without it. Uh, <laughs> speaking, CRL. Muskrat love. I'm not even going to make it through this word. Uh, uh, uh. Speaking, CRL's chairperson, Thoko Mukwanazi Zaluva, click, click. Ah, stated wow. that people's rights to dignity are determined by social norms and standards. Norms and standards. What happened at that particular day was undignified and a violation of the Constitution. To that, the 23-year-old prophet argued, he's a prophet, argued that there's what we... I'm going to read this word for word, so this is how this goes from here on. There's what we call demonstrations of God's power and providing that God has sent you. So, if now I see snake, it takes the faith to understand what you see. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's why no one died after eating the snakes. The <laughs> the ate it and tasted like chicken. No, chocolate. I'm oh, sorry. Chocolate. They the ate it and tasted with a D in quotation marks like chicken. Chocolate. chocolate. I did it again. God damn it, Rolf. <laughs> Prophet Mugulu intoned. Uh, when the commission informed Muguni, even though I just called him Magolo, that the Constitution deemed that the CRL Rights Commission will promote the protected religious rights in South Africa, the snake prophet pointed out that he didn't harm any of his followers. Oh, we're getting to that. According to him, when the person falls, he is in a trance. When the person falls, he is in a trance. He doesn't feel any pain, and the sickness goes. He said that people simply think he and his... Ca- 
he and his kinds are jumping on their congregations because they're not seeing the spiritual things. <laughs> to the prophet, it is the yeah. manifestation of superpowers to jump on a person today, and the person gets the job the next day. What? <laughs> mm. In his own words, a person you jump on him today, tomorrow he has a job. So basically, if he jumps on you tomorrow, you're going to have a job. However, Zula, as indicated by the SABC News, asserted thus, it was spiritual, but it was undignified. Even if they are willing participants, they have a constitutional right to dignity. Meanwhile, Prophet Muguni has reportedly vowed to build back his church so South Africans will eat creepy things again. If you're without a job, consider getting the state pastor to jump on you. <laughs> do that fast. Records have it that there are too many unemployed South Africans. It'll be a long queue. You wouldn't want to wait in. You wouldn't want to wait too long for your turn. <laughs> but wait, but there's wait, still there's more. more. <laughs> this guy's back at it, folks. Back to Buzz South Africa. Oh, God. Gross self-styled pastor drives over congregants during faith demonstration. Okay. And we're not talking about jumping on him now. I'm going to describe the picture at the top, top oh. of the page. This is coming from BuzzSouthAfrica.com. What we have in the picture is what appears to be, I think it's a Volkswagen bug. On the ground are laying people, two of them. One of them has a microphone shoved in his face. There is a yellow blanket on top of them. And then on top of that appears to be what are pieces. Dude, that's a Chevy Spark. Oh, okay. No, this is this is too old because this is from this dude. Is from, that's a bow tie right there on the front. That's a Chevy Spark. Okay, yeah, it is a Chevy of some kind. But <laughs> on top of the fluorescent yellow blanket um, is what appears it's not to a be blanket. No, there's a yellow blanket. And okay, then, there's the blanket. Okay. There's a yellow blanket. There's people laying on the ground. There's a microphone shoved in somebody's face. There's a yellow blanket. On top of the yellow blanket is what I thought was cardboard, but appears it's to not, be pieces of plywood. <laughs> and on top of that is a car driving over top of them. But it's a small car. But it's a small car. It's a small car, and you've got plywood on top of you. But I think what's going to save them here, the saving grace is probably the blanket. So, yeah, totally. having described that... Linus's blanket. Having described that, why don't you take it away and read the rest oh. of the story for us? South Africa's controversial pastor, Penwell Maguni, of the End Times Discipline Disciples Ministries... Man, that's a name, ain't it? Yes. Also detestably dubbed the Snake Pastor, definitely has his members beyond spellbound. It doesn't say a few months ago. It says, few months ago, the 27-year-old miracle worker fed his congregation live snakes in a bizarre ritual to test their faith. The self-styled pastor also quoted verses from the Bible as he told his followers that mouthfuls of the reptile would taste like chocolate. Chicken. Yeah. <laughs> Not long after, a post via the church's Facebook page surfaced showing how Maguni commanded a female member to turn into a white horse, which he went on to ride at will. Okay. If you want to ride, ride a oh. white pony. His <laughs> wow. His church post explains further. During the service, as the man of God was demonstrating, he commanded a woman to turn into a white horse, and it happened as he commanded. The lady suddenly became like a horse and took its character. She was, oh my God, she was then comm commended to be on her normal state and she said she didn't see or feel what was happening. To God be the glory. So he literally mounted this chick and rode her around. And there's the a picture. <laughs> yep. Afterwards, extraordinary pictures showed the 27 year old perform miracles by turning one parishioner into a horse and climbing on his back. 
fed a young girl the hair of another worshiper and put a purple rag into the into the mouth of another. <sighs> At other times, Pastor Pinwell Magoony preached to his congregation while walking or standing on some of his members after commanding them to fall into a deep sleep. However, irrespective of hostile remarks and assertions about the controversial pastor, he has continued to make headlines within and outside the nation. Look at that pile of bodies. <laughs> this time, extraordinary pictures of the weird pastor driving over congregants have gone viral on social media. A lengthy post of the End Times Disciples Ministries Facebook page. Wait, that's a, a mouthful page? of jumbo. I'm going to look for this Facebook page while you're doing Showed how Pastor Pengo Maguni uh, commanded two members to lie on the floor while a moving car drove over them. The post further stated that the controversial religious leader then instructed two congregants to get up while the car was on top of their bodies. Oh my God. A, further, a post further reads. He then asked them if they felt any pain, and their response was, we do not feel anything. No, because they're freaking crippled now. <laughs> Prophet Penwell proceeded to reversing the car, and again, he commanded them to wake up. By amazement, they stood up and began to dance and praise God together with the rest of the congregants. Prior to this last miracle, the religious leader was taken was given a warning by the uh, Commission for the Promotion and Protection of the Rights of Cultural, Religious, and Linguistic Communities. Oh dude, that's just word page. solid, dude. That's just word salad. <laughs> Communities after pictures of his weird actions went viral. However, it appears he def defiantly ignored the warning. A rising number of perceived end-time preachers across South Africa has become a deep worry to many people in the country. Just recently, another South African self-proclaimed prophet made outrageous, outrageous claims that he had been to heaven and taken selfies with Jesus. Another self-styled preacher, Pastor Edise Mensa, uh, from Benoit, ben, ben, Benoi? Ben, Benoni? Sure, click, click. Also, that place. Clap. <laughs> <laughs> also broke records when he told his members to engage in self-pleasure to earn eternal life and get free from diseases. Wow, so apparently throwing some ropes gets you free of disease. A video footage captured the moment that Pastor Mensa told the congregants that God sent his angels from to oversee the act which would make the church's floor as, sac as sacred as heaven. The floor is lava. Oh, my God. <laughs> Start now. The angels are watching here to see who is doing and who is not doing. In a video, congregants can be heard in the background moaning while the activity lasted. Meanwhile, religious leaders in South Africa have asked appropriate authorities to take action against Pastor Mensa for misleading Christians. Oh, for the love of Pete. I'm going to send you... <clears throat> they they oh. do straight up have a legit Facebook page. I'm going to send you the uh, link here in the Skype window just so you can check this out. Um, oh my it's God. on its way over to you right now. Dude, there's another pastor who's spraying his guys, people with insecticide. Yeah, yeah, it's what also from South Africa. Yeah, I, I've, I've saved that one for, for later on down the road. That's also oh in the file God. of Biblical Jackass. Click on their Facebook page and tell me this dude isn't Dave Chappelle. <laughs> This is, I think this is legit. I really think, I think this is legit real news. <laughs> oh my God. Tell me that's not Dave Chappelle. Oh my God. 
<laughs> funny. Oh my funny God. you should say it, that. <laughs> it's like that. It does. Holy shit. All right. I can't. I just can't. If you like motorcycles and you like comedy, perhaps you should try the Wheel Nerds podcast. Stop that. What, what are you doing? I'm doing my announcer voice. It's proven super effective. It's stupid. Nope. We're the Wheel shut Nerds. Up, shut up. We're the Wheel Nerds. We're a weekly-ish comedy motorcycle podcast where we talk about everything two wheels and a bunch of stuff that isn't. Give us a listen at wheelnerds.com, iTunes, or Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. Ha ha ha! I gotta stop doing this now, my throat hurts. Not all vampires sparkle. Underwood and Flinch is a vampire novel by Mike Bennett. Get it now for free from iTunes, MikeBennettAuthor.com, UnderwoodandFlinch.com, and Podiobooks.com, or source it using the LibriVox app amongst others. Underwood and Flinch by Mike Bennett. Putting the blood back in vampire fiction. I'm trying to use the phone! So it's been a while since we've had any kind of voicemails on the show. And plus, the ones we did get, we haven't been able to play because we've been too busy doing interview-related shows. But we got a couple. And uh, I know this first one's from Tyler. (laughs) One of, the, one of the foremost researchers in, in, in science, and he trolls in the, us. In the old timers, and he's, <laughs> he's talking He spends us. his time trolling us on Twitter and, <laughs> and voicemails. So he actually did leave another one, but it was a while ago, and I, I haven't been able to find that one. So um, I'm sure it's him. I'm positive because it, it's got that I'm an Arizona snarkiness to it. I'm an Arizona doctor snarkiness to it. Oh, oh I'm kidding, T. We love you. Uh, yeah, hello. I'm calling to register a complaint about episode 219 what? with Jason Offit. Uh-huh. Everything was great until you got on the subject of Bigfoot porn fake news. Oh, Bigfoot porn. So, what? Except for a few low lives. Looking to turn a buck, Bigfoot fantasy authors are true artists We're dedicated to upholding the purity uh, and integrity of a unique genre. <laughs> what? From a couple of food product review sucks. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know how to respond to that. We're low lives. We're looking to turn a buck. Holy cow! Totally unrelated. <laughs> Amy did send me a message saying that she had a recommendation for the show that somebody should be reading some kind of Bigfoot porn for us in a seductive voice. I Amy, if you're out there and you're volunteering for the job, we might take you up on that. What? I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I want any part of that. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to come right out and say, no, I don't want any part of that. You don't want it, You don't want a part of, of somebody seductive reading um, you know, Bigfoot-related porn for us. No. All right. No, I don't. Well, maybe I'll release it to a Patreon. Yeah, Where I'll do is she from? Where's Amy? Where is she She's from? She's from Wisconsin. She's a cheesehead. Oh, you know what? It'd probably sound better if we got someone with a southern accent, though. <laughs> okay. I don't. I don't know. I don't really see. I, mm, oh my God. I didn't know cheese and Bigfoot went together, but all right. Hi, boys. It's Mama Duff. Um, oh, it's Mama Duffy. You're asking new people to call up. What, do you don't care about us old people anymore? Oh. You're not old. My feelings are hurt. <laughs> not oh. really. Anyways, I'm still here. I'm still listening, even though I'm not on the page or anything a lot lately because we're busy. Otherwise, love you, boys. Yeah, you're do building a house, job. woman. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Oh. Oh. 
love Duffy Mom. I do miss Duff. I do. I've been she thinking does. about her because she's been like building a new house or something like that. Yeah, so. like she's been doing a lot of work. You know, it's funny because when the voicemails come through, they'll come to my phone for whatever reason. I got to go in and change that on our Google setting, which, by the way, if you're out there and you want your stuff heard on the show, call the number. Call us. Leave us a message. I don't care what it is. But um, Maybe. <laughs> so I'm like half awake and then my phone starts ringing and I look over and I'm like, oh, it's from Wisconsin. And I'm like, Ugh, and I just I fell back to sleep and I figured it was going to the voicemail. And Tyler sent me one too. When I when the, when Tyler's voicemail popped up, I'm like Arizona. Who do I know? Oh, I okay, blah blah. So I just let it go Why to not? voicemail as well. Um, so yeah, there's that. So um, let's move back into uh, let's move back into biblical jackass. Did you want to read the one where the woman is suing all the gay people on planet Earth, or did you want me to read that? I and don't care. Why don't you read the uh, woman is suing all gay people on planet Earth? Oh, okay. God's behalf. And it says, yes, yes, really. Well, first off, this is coming from the Huffington Post. Again, could be fake news. Don't think it is. Could be fake. It'll be fake huge. News. Fake huge. news. Very sad. Sad. Very sad. Sad. Uh, okay. Identifying herself as an ambassador for God and Jesus Christ. Let that sink in. A Nebraska woman has filed a federal lawsuit against all homosexual people on the planet for breaking quote-unquote, religious and moral laws. It's huge. Huge. Sylvia Ann Driscoll of Auburn argues in a seven-page handwritten petition. That must Probably have been written in crayon on a Crayon. <laughs> delivered to the U.S. District Court of Omaha that, in quotations, homosexuality is a sin and that the homosexual know it is a sin to live in a life of homosexuality. Why are you reading and it in quotations. a Jewish Brooklyn accent? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> According to o- the Lincoln Oma. Star Journal, whatever, in quotation, why else would they have been hiding in the closet? End of quotations. I just, I, I, I can't. Okay, go the ahead. 60, whatever you gotta the do. 60, you stop talking! The 66-year-old presenting herself in the lawsuit, only a fool represents themselves, cites Webster's Dictionary as a as well as a series of Bible passages in her letter, which is riddled with spelling and punctuation errors. No shock there. The Omaha World Herald reports, she challenges U.S. District Judge John M. Gerard to not judge God to be a liar and slams gay people as liars. Deceivers and thieves, in this case, filed simply as Driscoll versus homosexuals. <laughs> Honey, you're not going to win, so let's keep going. I never thought that I would be, see a day in which our great nation or great state of Nebraska would become a comp- so compliant to the complicity of some people's lewd behavior, she notes. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. I don't Word even know. Word salad again. It's just terrible. <laughs> Head here to view the full petition. No. (laughs) No. The court has not issued a summons for Driscoll, according to NBC. Of course, that hasn't stopped a number of high-profile gay writers from sharing tongue-in-cheek responses to the lawsuit. Stephen Payne of the Daily Cost said he and his husband, Brian, would be liquidating our assets ahead of legal ruling in the case, which he jokingly suggests is a matter of the Supreme Court. (sighs) We anticipate... The 
restitution or ordered by this woman will take us down to our very last penny, he quipped. Outspoken lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender rights activist and author Dan Savage felt similarly tweeting, man, I hope I get deposed. (laughs) Okay. We'll be waiting with bated breath for the ruling on this one. Update, May 8th. Judge John Gerard dismissed Jissel's lawsuit on May 6th. According to Omaha World Herald, the United States Federal Court has cr- was cr- work created to resolve actual cases and controversies arising under the Constitution of the Law of the United States. He wrote, a federal court is not a forum for debate or discourse on theological matters. Good on you, Judge. Thank you, sir. I think what it probably came down to is that they would not be able to subpoena every gay person on Earth no, to no. be able to show up to this no. trial. no. What it came to is Cuckoo Banana Pants doesn't have a stay. <laughs> Cuckoo Banana Pants. That's what it came down to. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, okay, now we're going to move on to uh, KUTV.com. This is an older article, as probably are most of these. Yeah. And this is from Saturday, October 8th, 2016. Just because, at this point, I don't think anybody has had their full fill of political news at this point because <laughs> mm. i'm sure everybody out there listening right now said man i'm glad this election's over with i sure wish i could hear some more batshit craziness involving mm-hmm. politics well here we go well fear not i am here to alleviate that by bringing up utah businessman says vote for him or face the judgments of god which is a lot like that woman in ohio who ran for governor or yep. mayor, I think it was, of Toledo. Yeah, I think she was running for Toledo. I wonder if our buddy Chuck knows about this guy. Mm, so, maybe. KUTV, a Utah businessman, is making an impassioned appeal to voters in hopes of being elected governor. Super Del... <laughs> his name's Shans, right? I keep wanting to... <coughs> Yeah. Okay, Super... He actually has this on the petition paperwork, too. It's written in large numbers, Super Del Shans. Um... Famous for his unusual, totally awesome computer commercials, is warning voters that if they vote for anyone other than him, they will face the judgments of God. Uh, This is Shan's third attempt to run for the governor of Salt Lake City, and according to a Lighthouse poll printed in Deseret News, about 2% of the voters are likely to cast their ballot for an independent candidate, for the independent candidate. So 2% of the people out there find this guy appealing. The rest of his appeal... Uh, the rest of his appeal to voters can be found at the Utah's of- official's voter information pamphlet. But <laughs> here's the full text. Righteousness, can, it's in gigantic Billy May's word too. Righteousness can solve every but wait. problem. <laughs> Righteousness can solve every problem in the world. God made a promise as ye keep my commandments. Yes, you'll prosper. Blah, blah, blah. The vast majority of our state are against murdering unborn children. Yeah, yeah. You are against perversion and perversion of marriage. You are against more encroachment. <sighs> blah, blah, blah. Uh, vote super, Dell. Vote super, Dell. Sanchez or face the judgments of God. It's if not even, Sanchez. It's not Sanchez, I know, bro. but I'm still going to do it anyways. I'm still going to call him <laughs> Sanchez. It's Sean's. S-H-A-N-Z. But I'm going to call him Sanchez anyways because it's a mental block. Wow. So, 
Everybody from this point on, just get used to me calling him Sanchez or face the judgment oh of God. God. If every one single statement can return to freedom, constitution, the entire world would flow unto it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, uh, Dirty Sanchez filed the paperwork to run for governor back in March as a member of the Independent American Party. Gregory C. Durden is running as his lieutenant governor. Since his infamous commercials debuted, Dirty Sanchez has been in the news for a number of reasons, including when he was acquitted for brandishing a gun. He also oh. convicted con, convicted of reckless driving and pleading guilty to wildlife harassment. What? what? <laughs> wow. No, folks, All right, we don't read a lot of these stories ahead of time. Uh, he's Great. run for public office two other times, once for governor and once for the mayor of Saratoga Springs. And then it's got his little paperwork. Look at that paperwork. Yeah. That is glorious. He even has a part scribbled out. Yeah, the name is written like Super Dell is huge. And then oh, capital. Huge. Super Dell is huge. It's huge. It's He's huge. governor. It's governor. It's sad. It's, it's sad. It's very sad. Uh, yeah, so that's that. So, um, going to be the most glorious governor ever. Oh, no. You get to read the dabbing story. <laughs> I've done this before, so yes. Never been a youth pastor, though. Oh, back in your days of religiousnessnessness. Babylon B. That's a great. That's a great. Uh, so, there. Jo- Jehovah Witnesses did this stuff, is what you're saying? Um, n- no, we didn't have youth pastors. You, there were no. It wasn't kids and adults weren't separated. You learned all the same. Okay. Now my wife is a Methodist, and they have youth pastors. And my ex was a Methodist, and I used to go to her church. Before Back we jump in into this, let's, ex- let's explain to me what dabbing is, other than the fact that this guy looks like he's doing some fly-ass That's dance a moves. That's a dab right there. That, what you see right there is a dab. Okay. You so, do that. You put your arms up and your head down. Whoop. Dab. He's got them, like, t- to the side. It looks like yep. some Indian dance move. Oh, my God. You okay. just pissed off some Native Americans. No, I'm, I'm talking, like, wanna, not, not Native Americans, the, you know, Indians from India or whatever. Really? Okay, so you've just pissed off okay. the Indians. That's all great. Let's just get all of Bangladesh. Is there any other ethnicities that I'd like to piss off here while I'm at it? Okay. Ojin says you are dabbing. <laughs> just read the damn story. Montgomery, Alabama. No, this guy is not from India. He's from down south. A fire... fire oh, wow. Fireball Youth Group. That sounds like fun. Exciting fun community youth nights. Pastor Tad Ryle makes it a point to connect with generation teenagers by speaking their language and occasionally even indulging in their dance moves. But at last Friday's event, Ryle took his cross-generation outreach a little too far, injuring dozens of teens with a sick dab as Audio Adrenaline's big house blasted from the church stereo system. His arm flew out like a cannonball, knocking over three or four kids right away, a witness told reporters. Later, as ambulances arrived at the scene, then he started doing this weird thing with his legs as he spun around, taking out another 15 kids or so. What's this guy doing? The wrecking ball? (laughs) The witness further stated that the 38-year-old youth pastor continued his dabbing for the duration of the song, unaware of the destruction he had wrought. But at long last, parents arriving to pick their kids up spotted the man twisted in a horrifying shapes as part of his misguided dab attempt and managed to wrestle him to the ground. At publishing time, Ryle had been demoted from youth group to the fifth 
or sixth grade ministry with church leaders confirming the new position was absolute bottom rung of the ladder, usually reserved only as punishment for wayward pastors. So they're, you're, if you're, <laughs> I know it's unspeakable. Oh my God. So your rotten little kid is now this dude's punishment. Good on you. I wonder if there were like video game combat sounds every time he hit somebody, like you know the finish him. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. That's awesome. Unbelievable. Uh. All right, let's move on to the last one for this segment. And this one's coming from, to us from Fox News. Uh, this is, again, from Definitely October 20th of 2016. Oh, boy. <clears throat> so, uh, we've already discussed about eating strange things and putting on a weight and so forth. This one is, Church apologizes, asks forgiveness for banning fat people from the worship team. <sighs> okay. In Oregon... Ah. <laughs> We're getting excommunicated, son. It's huge. Huge. <laughs> An Oregon church, which came under fire in recent weeks for instituting a ban on fat people as part of a slew of mandatory guidelines to be part of the congregation's worship team, apologized for the ban on Saturday and begged forgiveness to anyone their rules may have offended. Uh, there has been some media circulating about the worship team guidelines. For, forgive us if we offend anyone. That certain... That's... <clears throat> that... Certainly was not our intention. These guidelines have never been used to discriminate against anyone, have never been enforced. Uh, New Creation Church of Hillsboro declared in a terse apology posted on its website in reaction to the online backlash that ensued after details of their worship team guidelines came under recent scrutiny. We want the worship team to look the best they can. Remember that the way we look is the utmost importance. The guidelines to would-be worship team members at Oregon, at the Oregon Church uh, warned in a document declaring no excessive weight. Uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> there goes me. We are the first thing the congregation sees. People do judge by appearance, and we never get a second chance to make a good first impression. Please be sure that your style of clothing, bringing honor and glory to God, isn't excessive and doesn't draw unnecessary attention to yourself. Please stop shoving Twinkies into your mouth and no more ho-hos. The document further made it clear that in order to be part of the worship team, members must be in 100% agreement with the guidelines to allow the anointing to flow, the anointing to flow and the encourage mm -hmm. and encourage those with a weight issue to go and shed the extra pounds at the gym. Uh, since you are interested in this area of ministry, we want you to be encouraged and know that our desire is to see you fulfill all of God has called you to do and be. As part of the worship team, we have specified guidelines that we have established for our team to work together and to be the best we can be. This sounds like a commercial for the Army. Uh -huh. The church explained in the document, please They're read. God's warriors, actually, so. Yeah, I can tell how excited you are by yawning at the story. I just, I can't. I mean, <laughs> Please read this carefully. You must be in 100% agreement to flow with our team in order to anointing to flow through you. That is the second time they said that. So they want you to be incredibly sure that you're going in there not fat. God so, only acknowledges gains, bro. The <laughs> You look a little swole to me in the congregation. <laughs> Brother, <laughs> brother, come to the church, brother. Yeah, that's all. By the way, Hogan Jesus, has brother. nothing to do with being fat, so go figure. The yeah, apology well. comes in the after New Creation Church refused to comment on the guidelines when the Christian Post reached out for comment last week. Thousands who read the CP report hotly debated the wisdom of banning overweight worshipers, and many disagree with the exclusion for overweight worshipers. We need to go out and start a fat church, is what we need to do. Sure, why and not? We'll have the we can do. Welcome to my church of God. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Welcome to my source. <laughs> Jabba. Yeah, and then we could have you in the back, like making this instead of like church wafers or Jesus, as we have referred to them as, we could have you doing the deep fried Twinkie with the hot dog inside of it, for which you are Dogs. famously yeah Twinkie dog, for which you are famously known for. Oh, um, oh, you, oh God, I still can't believe you made that. It was delicious. Are you kidding me? Did you freeze it? You, okay, for anybody who's new to the no, show, you don't freeze it. At one time, I'm not the one who did the deep fried. Le- uh, Lisa did deep fried, and on that, note, I, I have another story. Split- <laughs> I split mine. I was always under the impression that you were supposed to take the hot dog, shove it into the Twinkie, bread it, and then freeze it, and then you deep fry it so it actually uh, like, cooks properly. No, that's, what I always that's not the way I got it. Oh, I don't. I'm not. It's the whole thing sounds disgusting to me. But speaking of Lisa, longtime friend of the show. Again. Uh, I went and hung out with Lisa the other day. Probably nobody knows who the hell we're talking about. We have yeah, a, they do. Okay. Well, anyhow, me, Lisa, me and Lisa got together and we went out and, we, and she took me to an Asian market. And I am both saddened and ashamed to admit that I spent like $25 on assorted ramen noodles. Why is that a shameful thing? <laughs> I was just like, I was like, ramen noodles. There's all these different kinds. And I'm just grabbing ramen noodles, all these different varieties off the shelf, which I is like soba. Which is all fun and good until you get home and you want to cook the ramen noodles. And there are different variations of cooking ramen. Um, some of them you actually leave as a soup. Some of them you drain the liquid out and you put the stuff in there. But it's all written in like Japanese, Chinese, or Korean. So I really don't have much of an idea. I'm like looking at the picture going, okay, I think that's how they did it. So that's how I'm making it. Fortunately, I don't have a lot of sodium intake. I don't eat a lot of real salt. I eat like artificial salt. So now I've got, hold on here. Got like oh boy, here we go. Bag. How's your blood pressure these days? Hold on, two bags. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on here. Still here, folks. Hold on. This is another big old package of ramen. Jesus Christ, bro. This big How many packages did you buy? Hold on, I'll tell you. Hold on here. I've got um uh oh god, that's like that's six. Twelve in this pack. Um, there's this drum-looking thing that has two giant round um, kind of noodle things that you boil, and it's this one's um, says in English. I put it on like crab and scallop soup flavored. Hold on here. I'm looking for more. Okay. Okay. Wait. Hold on. One, two, three, four. Okay. Um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce these ones. But there's a, pi- there's a picture of all of these people. There's a cartoon of all kinds of happy people eating ramen noodles on the package. And it's yellow. So I said, hey, that's happy people eating ramen. It can't be that bad. There's another package of ramen noodles with two happy people and a happy dog, which means I could be eating uh, broad noodles with beef flavor hot pot. Okay, that's that one. Some other okay. spicy ones. This one's got um this is very engaging paranormal news. Sesame paste noodle. Uh two pepper uh Sichuan spicy. So yeah, um I can't go to that huh. church. <laughs> well, alright then. No, no. I can't go to that church. Are you afraid of what goes bump in the night? Have you or your friends ever pondered a conspiracy? Do you want to know more about the unknown? If so, then put on your tinfoil hat, sit down, and pick up your computer, tablet, or phone. 
Go to iTunes or YouTube and search for Secret Transmission Podcast and listen to us try to explain the unexplainable. Follow us on Twitter for updates on shows at Secret Trans Pod. That's S-E-C-R-E-T-T-R-A-N-S-P-O-D. Or you can email us suggestions at secrettransmission at hotmail.com. That's S-E-C-R-E-T-T-R-A-N-S-M-I-S-S-I-O-N at hotmail.com. Want to get in contact with the show or listen to back episodes? It's easy. Go to www.projectarchivist.com. On the right side of the page, you'll find links to our archives, as well as links on how to get onto our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. If you want to leave a voicemail for us, it's 734-681-0459. Yes, we do listen to all of them. Or if you want to talk to Lobo directly, you can call 203-212-9975. Yes, that will in fact put you in touch with his cell phone. If he's available, he will take your call and talk to you. If you're just looking to send us an email, you can do that at projectarchivist at gmail.com. Don't forget to look for us on iTunes under the podcast section, or you can stream us right to your phone with the Stitcher Android app for free. All right, so we're going to close the show out now with a couple of more stories of biblical jackass, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, actually, we managed to pull a decent show out of having not a whole lot. Mm -hmm. So why don't you take us to Melbourne, Florida, not Australia, and uh, tell us about this unusual gentleman. (laughs) From ClickOrlando.com. The incident was reported about 3 p.m. Wednesday as heavy rains and winds whipped through the area. Melbourne Police Lieutenant Stephen Sadoff said that the unidentified man was driving along Algaley Causeway. When he stopped and got out of his vehicle, he pulled over and took off all of his clothes on top of the causeway. Then he started running around yelling, I am God, Sadoff said. Melbourne police arrived within moments and attempted to grab the slippery naked man in the rain. Can you imagine they, having that job? No. Can you imagine being the cop that has to go grab no. a naked I'd have dude? I pushed him right off the causeway. <laughs> You've got some wiener flying around, and if you no, slip dude, and no. slide the wrong way, I'm no. just saying. I'm just saying. Ugh, they did have to wrestle with him. He didn't know. We didn't know if he would do something silly or jump off the causeway at that point. I'd have let him jump. Because ripping the your clothes was, off and saying that your name is God off. is yeah. not silly enough. Your name's God. Let's see if you can fly. <laughs> the man was handcuffed and taken into custody. He was turned over to the nearby hospital for an evaluation. An investigation continues. Yeah, you're damn right. He had to be turned over to the loony bin. <laughs> Good Lord. So moving along, we're going to go to CNN.com, and this is from January 8th of 2016. This is Secret Service Man. Man claiming to be Jesus planned to kidnap one of Obama's dogs. Oh, good. <laughs> All right. Sad. Very sad. Um, fake news, CNN. Fake news. Uh, no, actually, yeah, you're, you're right. That actually, ironically. Uh, a North Dakota man claiming to be Jesus Christ was arrested on Wednesday in Washington where he had traveled to, uh, with a plan to kidnap one of the first family's pet dogs. Law enforcement officer, official, officials <laughs> officials said Friday. Scott Stockard, Stockard? That is Stockard, was detained in a downtown Hampton Inn after U.S. Secret Service agents, acting on a warning from a Minnesota field office, found several unregistered weapons in his truck. Uh, during an interview with Stockard, the man told agents he had unloaded firearms under the backseat of his truck and allowed them to search a vehicle which was parked around the corner. Uh, goes on about what guns they recovered, and they recovered a pretty good-sized arsenal from him. Uh, Stockard was not registered to own a firearm in any jurisdiction, authorities said. In addition to leading agents 
on his arsenal during leading agents to his arsenal during his interview. Starkart also claimed that he was a son of John F. Kennedy and Marilyn Monroe, and okay. that he had come from, to the district to go to the Capitol to advocate a $99 per month health care and to announce that he was running for president. After all right, <laughs> okay, he already has my vote. After his arrest, Starkart oh, stated that he was Jesus Christ and that it could be verified on his license. In a statement, inspo, a spokesperson of the U.S. Secret Service said that the agency is dedicated to safety and security of the president and the first family, adding that the incident was a good example of their coordination with various field offices throughout the U.S., as well as state and local law enforcement partners. All right, here's the deal. Jesus Christ is coming to take one of the dogs, and he's fully loaded. He's armed to the teeth. And you can verify that he's Jesus because it says so on his driver's license. But he wants to do a $99 a month health care plan. Now, that we cannot pass. We have to get to him before he gets that. Out there. It just at, at what point is no identifying and apprehending suspects who make threats toward our protectees is often a coordinated effort between multiple jurisdictions in real time. The statements from the spokesperson Kevin Dyer read: "The Secret Service agents stand ready to continue their mission for those who protect an, the American people." Stackard is being mm-hmm. charged with possession of unregistered firearm and ammunition. But the $99, $99 a month health care plan, no mention of that. So, um, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know. Jesus likes dogs. I don't know. Oh, my God. Jesus likes dogs and guns. Actually, sure. yeah, that works down south. Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> so the next story comes to us again from Africa. And this is from the Ghana Star. Again, this is probably a fake Bastion news story. of news. This is, just, this this is, is the Flying Nun. <laughs> Do you remember flying the Flying Nun? Nun? Remember that show? Yes. I oh remember God, bits yeah. and pieces of it. Yep. Uh, I used to watch it pretty regular. Well, you watched The Flying Nun? Seriously? I did. What Absolutely. was The Flying Nun about? Besides uh, The Flying Nun? It was Sally Fields. And she played a nun with a habit that made her fly. <laughs> she had the hat with the wings. Yeah, dude, I watched it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't want to, what do you want to tell you? I, I watched a lot of stupid shit growing up. <laughs> Just read the article. Woman identified as a flying witch falls from the sky after experiencing electric shock. Uh, residents of, oh, Thank okay. Becky <laughs> Ramadi near Kamusi in the Ashanti region on Thursday morning arrested a woman they said was a flying witch that had crash landed, according to a report from, by the Daily Guide. The resident claimed the woman, 37, who gave her name as Gifty and Afia, fell from the... Which one is it? <laughs> fell from the sky at about 3.30 a.m. On, on a tape at the block factory in the area. I, I just read that exactly the way it was... What the hell is on a tape at the block factory in the area? <laughs> Some mentioned said that they had heard a loud heard aloud in the early hours of the morning and had rushed to find out what had happened. This is written horribly. It's probably Google Translate. They probably just cut uh, it out of the I, paper and then translate and then it's reprinted it or republished it. Okay. They say they got there only to find a woman in a shiny dress lying on the tape with bloodstains on her face. I know, she's, she looks pretty beat up. According to them, the woman quickly ran to hide in the house of one Emmanuel Ofori. They said they were shocked to find her in an obscure corner of the house virtually naked. News that a witch had been caught attracted many residents who tried to catch a glimpse of her. 
According to the Daily Guide report, the woman told the residents that she lived at Bolkaram Estate in Kasamai and that flying to Kwanwamo when she experienced electric shock in Ikeramani, which brought her down. Ah, dude, fuck you! Dude, come on now! That's the worst... You go. We've ever read. No, we've read worse, but that's close. That's close. Oh my god, dude! That's just <laughs> word salad all mashed together. Not even good word salad. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, let's let's wrap this up. But before we do, I did want to bring up. Um, we've had a lot of people die lately. Uh, Charlie yep. Murphy was a couple of days ago, which yep. sucked. Um, but the uh, William Powell, uh, the author of the Anarchist Cookbook, passed away. Um, if you, who I mean, who, who who didn't have a copy of the Anarchist Cookbook with you know when There's they were younger? There's people out there that don't know what that is. The Anarchist Cookbook was more or less a book that told you things like how to build bombs, how yep. to. Uh, I remember there was a thing in there about how to run a wire between trees and how to lodge a car off of the road. It was just you know basically how, like a do-it-yourself terrorist guide. Um, I didn't think it was all that great. I mean, there was some nifty stuff in there. Of course, I'm not going to do any of this junk, but you know, it's it's one of those things. Yeah, uh huh, uh huh. Um, the worst I was involved with I, back in high school. Um, there was a kid, I'm not going to say his name, but uh, I had transferred from one high school to another high school and it was my first day there. And there was this kid there. He had a purple Mohawk and a troop jacket. He was really tall and skinny and we were in the bathroom and, uh, he was like, so you're new here, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. Cause his locker was right next to mine. He's like, all right, cool. You know? And he's like, you know, I'm telling him my next classes and stuff. And then he pulls out a cherry bomb from the inside of his troop jacket and people were smoking in the bathroom. So he grabbed his cigarette and he's like, all right, we got to go. And he lights the cherry bomb and he flushes it down the toilet. And, you know, it was a long wick and everything. So we're in class and then we are, and then all of a sudden the water starts rushing down the hall because oh, nice. it blew the toilet out of the ground. So that was the nice. closest that I had ever come. And then the principal came on the PA system and with a weird Spanish accent was like, we will find the culprit, which was hysterical. Um, that was my first day of school. <laughs> that's the close. That's as far as you got yeah, into pretty that much yeah pretty wow. much you know that kid ended up, he ended up getting suspended from school because i think uh we used to have a firework place by us it was called the Wonderwell, and uh they used to make these giant smoke bombs and the guy lit one off in the school and it smoked the school out so bad that the fire department had to bring these big fans in to actually get the smoke out of the school nice. and that he got he eventually was caught and suspended for it or whatever they found a bunch of junk in his locker but anyhow uh the author of huh. one of the most notorious books in the last century died of a heart attack six months ago William Powell's The Anarchist Cookbook was used by Oklahoma bomber Timothy McVeigh in 1995 and the Columbine High School Killers in 1999. His death has become uh, public after it was noted in the closing credits of a new documentary about his life. The writer suffered a heart attack uh, while on holiday with his family in Nova Scotia on July 11th at the age of 66. Though news of his death was announced to Facebook group for his charity, the family did not contact the media. News filtered out of the U.S. theatrical release of the documentary... Uh, American Anarchist, which mentions his death as the film closes. 
manual filled with the manual yeah a manual filled with diagrams and recipes on how to make weapons from bombs to homemade guns and even how to convert a shotgun into a rocket launcher the anarchist cookbook was inspired by powell's rage at the presidency of richard nixon in the vietnam war as an angry teenager in 1969 he used the new york public library to research the book included instructions for illegal practices including breaking into the telephone network and making lsd the book went on to sell more than two million copies and can now be found mm. all over the internet for free. You simply have to go into Google and type in Anarchist Cookbook PDF, and boom, you've got it. It's that, yep. which is really appropriate for the book. It's all about anarchism and so forth. Boom, you just get the book. Why pay for it? Uh, though publication was suppressed in some countries, the book was available online and has been associated with a number of terrorist attacks and school shootings. No, we are not mandating that you go out and do this. Uh, the last being a 2013 when... Shooter Carl Pearson killed a classmate and then himself in a high school in Denver, Colorado. Friends later said that he had been sharing the book with others for years. Uh, I myself did have a copy of it. Following the attack, Powell mm-hmm. called the book to be taken out of circulation. Writing to the writing in the Guardian, he revealed that he no longer held the copyright for the book and had been wrangling with the publisher to take it out of print. Over the years, I had come to understand that the basic premise behind the cookbook is profoundly flawed, he wrote. Describing, that's the only reason I'm, I'm reading this is because he later come to realize that maybe he shouldn't have done this. Mm-hmm. Uh, describing the anger that he felt at the time of writing is blinding to him, the illogical notion that violence can be used to prevent violence, he added. I had fallen from the same iteration pattern, irrational pattern of thought that led to the U.S. military involvement in both Vietnam and Iraq. The irony is not lost on me. Uh, His comments were in stark contrast to those in 1971 when he wrote, I detested symbolic protest as the outcry of the weak middle-of-the-road liberal Enox. If any individual feels strongly enough about something to do something about it, then he shouldn't prostitute himself by doing something symbolic. He should get out and do something real. Um, that's pretty much the, you know, that's pretty much the gist of the whole thing is that, um, you know, the guy wrote this book. It was something that pretty much every young anarchist or someone who claimed to be an anarchist or a rebel or a punker or whatever just went out and found. Um, now when you look at it, I don't think much of the stuff in there is that big of a deal. You know, maybe it is, but I know now when I look at it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. So, you know. But yeah, he uh, he passed away. I guess he passed away a while ago, but he passed away at age sixty six. So, you that's know, that's loss. that. Yeah, it's the thing that I the thing that I really like though is the fact that, you know, he came to realize later on that by doing what he was doing, he was essentially doing what he was protesting for the most part. You know, mm. and then he tried to have it pulled back, but at that point, it was already out there, and it's it, it's still out there. It's still everywhere. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. Anyways. But uh, that's it. We'll call it a show. Uh, we're back to doing interviews again. <laughs> yep. I would like to do one show like this, at least one show like this, at least once a month, once a month, just 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 so we can be clowns again and just you know have fun every once in a while. Not that interviews aren't fun, but we never really set out to be an interview show, and it's just kind of happened that way. And I'm not going to complain about it because I've liked the interviews that we've got. I like the way things have been going. So you know, sure. Um. Man, I'm so excited for the one we got coming up, though. I'm so, yeah, huh? so excited for it. <laughs> and I don't even want to mess it up, so I don't want to say who it is. <laughs> no, don't. Because <laughs> it is the last person on the bucket list from when we started this show. So uh, hmm. what we'll probably do for, because we're not going to be here on the 29th. Um, and then we'll be back after that, and I might take another week after that. But the best of ideas seems to be a lot of people seem to be really responding to it well. I've had a lot of people say, yeah, this is great. 
uh, when we re-uploaded the um, the Santa Morte show, that show got a lot of hits. That show really? was like, yeah, it was like it was it was amazing how many people either are new to the show and went and downloaded that because we've gotten a, new, a lot of new people since we moved to the new server, or just people that hadn't heard in a while went back and re-downloaded it. Um, the sucky thing is Podbean had a glitch last week, and we lost a lot of yep. listeners and a lot of subscribers because for some stupid reason, and this was not us, Podbean tried to do something different with the feed, and as a result, it went and reposted. I don't know if it happened to Chuck or not over on Wheelers because they're on Podbean as well. But for us, what it did is our webpage is tied to our Twitter account, and what it did is it reposted all of the episodes. So if you got our show from Pod uh, from iTunes or wherever you get it from, it went back and reposted all of the episodes at one time. And I had people yep. bugging me like, dude, what are you doing? Are you spamming me or what? I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then our buddy Dell down in Texas is like, yeah, um, all of your episodes just reposted. Like everything yep. that you've done since you've came over to Podbean just reposted. And then I had people on Twitter saying, why are you reposting all of your episodes on Twitter? I'm like, what the hell is going on? <clears throat> So if nobody knew anything else that was on or follow us on Twitter or wherever you followed us from, all of our episodes just reposted in the podcast feed. And I think people just said to hell with this and unsubscribe to us. If you didn't, thank you. Thanks for sitting it out. And I sent a message to Podbean saying WTF. And they're like, yeah, we tried to change the HTML to a blah, 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 WTF, pen 15 error. Um, you know. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks. Douchebags. So apparently it's all fixed now. But cool. um that's everything I could think of to say. I think that's pretty much it. So uh, this is Rojan. Peace out from Detroit. Happy Easter, everybody. Try not to be flayed alive, and make sure you lose some weight before you go to church. What? <laughs> what the heck happened? Make sure you lose weight before you go to church. You're not going to be able to get into the congregation, as clearly so, stated. Unless you're going to eat snakes and get run over by a car. So I'll go with the flayed alive. I'll go. <laughs> I hate going to church. Anyway, this is Lobo from Connecticut. I don't know. Peace. Bye.